Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hello everyone, Richard Listens here. This is Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist, here with some exclusive Patreon content for you. We are doing live Q&As with some of our former guests. Okay, here we are live, as promised, with Kevin Connors on the set. How you doing, Kev? Rich, I'm doing well. It's great to talk to you again. Thank you. No gloating about the Yankees destroying my Mets again. <laughs> we were getting ahead of ourselves. It looked like we might actually win the series. <laughs> well, you made a great point. Up 7-2 going into the last inning. You should think that that's a safe safe space. But <laughs> as we talked about, for most bullpens in baseball, the Mets in particular, no lead is ever safe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's if it's their actual just they're just lacking in talent or from a sports psychology perspective, we've just accepted that the Yankees are better team in town and we just can't get over that hump. It it is remarkable that they share the same town. They you know, the, the same resources and effect. The Yankees are more powerful brand, but the Mets are not exactly a small market team. And yet that's kind of been the constant. And it comes down to, of course, in some cases, uh, ownership. And obviously the Mets are getting ready to go through an ownership change. And then who's running the team and stability and all those things. And by the way, I got to give you credit. You never gloated growing up as a Yankee fan. You always took your World Series in stride. But when we were growing up, you were the one that had the opportunity to gloat, <laughs> right? The 80s, the Mets had a great run in the I was there at the 86 World Series. And in 90, uh, I think we lost to the Dodgers. But they're, they're, then the Yankees went on their dominance in the 90s. So, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. It was a heck of a time to be a Yankee fan. And like we talked about before uh, coming on, it's just it's great to have sports back. It's great to be able to talk about that and give us all a diversion from the normal stresses we have in our life, but obviously in particular, at, you know, it's time in, in history. Yeah, one can't help but ignore, right, watching players play without, without fans there, how they must be impacted, not getting that feedback from fans, not getting the adrenaline rush of pressure, even people shouting negative things at you when you're on the road. Do you notice that from your insider, you know, angle? that players being maybe their motivation being off or questions sitting out the season? It's certainly been an adjustment. I think that almost to a person you've heard, you know, uh, professional athletes say that. It's been an adjustment for fans watching games without the natural sound. We've been piping in some sound or putting
putting up cardboard cutouts of fans and things, but it sort of uh, takes a little bit of getting used to seeing these games played in either empty stadiums or with artificial fans. And then we've heard people like Tiger Woods, Rich, who have said just hasn't been the same playing rounds of golf, competitive rounds of golf, particularly at, at the major, which was in San Francisco, the PGA Championship a couple weeks back. He specifically said, you know what, it, this is this is an adjustment. It's taking some getting used to. Think about Tiger Woods from the time that he's, God, what is it, 18, 19 years old? He's played in front of massive galleries. And now you hit the ball and it's like, when you and I go play golf on the weekend, there's no gallery, no one's cheering for you. So that's all part of it. Yeah, having to re rework your motivation as an athlete to keep those arousal levels up, right? There's things probably I'm sure that you do. I know that I do before I go on a show or even before I sit with a client. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to get ready. Otherwise, it's like it's very hard to keep the focus and the motivation at the same levels that these professionals are used to. Yeah, speaking of which, you know, tying it into your career, how is an average work week looking like right now? And maybe how is it how has it shifted maybe, you know, in the new reality we're in is the work as intense and, and how what adjustment you had to make? It's a great question. So pre-COVID, you know, starting back from March, you know, whatever it was, eighth or ninth and, and before that, one of the energizing things about my job is that really every week is different, you know, and, and there's there's no consistent schedule. It's this week you might be doing major league baseball studio up, but then tomorrow you're doing sports center or Last night, I did college football, and that's that's energizing. So I was probably working four to five days a week doing one or multiple assignments that we just talked about. And then COVID comes along, and then it is, I mean, it, there's nothing going on, you know? And so the number of shows that we're doing, obviously, is cut like in half or, or maybe more than half. So there's no need for a lot of people to come into work. So I was not back here on campus in Bristol for, for a about two months and about three weeks in of doing literally nothing, they reached out to me and they said, hey, you know, would you like to do some radio? I think someone got together and they were like, hey, wait a minute, let's take a look at who's making what and let's put some of these <laughs> slobs to work. I get, get Connors a radio. Uh, so so they sent me this thing, this piece of equipment that I plugged into my modem, I guess, well, you know, router at home. And I was doing radio shows from my basement. And I was also working on a side project, doing voiceover work for a video game. And, and so anyway, long story short, I didn't get back on campus probably for another six weeks. And now that sports are back, now that we've got the NBA and college football and Major League Baseball, the NFL's coming up, hockey, NBA. Now I'm working more than I ever have. So it's a pretty wild time. It's been, you know, it's probably been a tougher adjustment for my wife, who was for a little while used to having her husband, daddy at home. And now she's kind of back to being, uh, you know, a full-time mom all the time. So I was talking about that in my family. My wife says she's going into work for like one day. We have to have like a moment of like deep breathing and like, what do you mean? Like, what's going to happen? You know, there's so much moving on the fly, you know, based on we got into these routines with the family being around that now like it's re a readjustment for everybody. Well, so how do you deal with it? I mean, like, let me, let me turn the tables on you. I mean, how do you go about dealing with that added anxiety? Oh boy, here we go. He puts me on the spot. I love it. Uh, you know what? I've been very fortunate that, you know, my wife's been able to work from home. And so, but I try and schedule my clients in general uh, after the kids start school, take a break around their lunch, make sure they're all fed and they're old enough. I have kids that are old enough they, they can manage. And then I finish at a time when uh, at this time to let my 17 year old drive, drive himself to soccer practice while I'm there holding on for life. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, they're at an old enough age 
where they can manage a lot of the ins and outs, but it, it has been a changing situation. Constant updates about like we we're talking about for California school is right now on zoom. So I do have to make myself, if there's a tech support problem, you know, there's a lot of like little maneuvering and my own permission to be flexible with myself. If I'm a podcast or something, there's been a lot of like understanding, even my guests are at home with their kids. There has to be a lot more humanness. I don't want to excuse any lack of professionalism I show with my clients or just even pacing out the clients or session enough to know that sitting on Zoom all day isn't real healthy. I'm fortunate enough to live in an area where I can I can do a few laps. I can do a mile in the park walking and then get back or mix in some streamed yoga classes. So finding ways to to create some balance in the home environment has been a real necessity. But it is it is continuing to change as workplaces here vacillate with opening back up every time one of us needs to leave the house for a longer period of time. It kind of rocks the ecosystem. So it takes a lot of triaging, meeting in the bunker on Sunday night, <laughs> hashing out the Google Calendar. You know, what's this podcast with Kevin? So, you know, it's, there's a lot more flexibility and trying to make accommodations also when you're doing media like this for the different environments. I'm having, you know, podcasts and cars because it's the one place they can get a little bit of space for themselves. So, I mean, I think it, it builds a lot of rapport and understanding because we're all going through so many situations. You know, people have needed time. Things have had to come off the rails with especially people affected by social injustice, things like that. So for me, it's a great opportunity to give a lot of flexibility and understanding and and hopefully, you know, build those relationships. But it, I won't claim that it's easy. I don't want to underestimate my privilege that, like we talked about, I have a home, I have a yard, we have space to do all these things. So, you know, my heart goes out to families that are really crammed in, you know, the same bedroom or trying to work. And I really hope that those parents are getting support right and think this is going to shine a light on how much we all need mental health. I've been doing plenty, plenty for myself as well to, to make sure I'm connected uh, to other therapists who are dealing with whether it's new applications of technology all the time or just kind of we call isonection right we're all connected but but isolated so we do need to talk to each other about the unique things we're experiencing there's no question about it and i think the dynamic of people working from home people not working right now everyone's sort of be you know it used to be mom or dad or both would go to work on a nine to five or whatever your hours were and now everyone's kind of back in together with each other on on a, on a greater base it's going to be a fascinating fascinating social thing to watch moving forward, but especially, yeah, right now. Yeah, and it's incredible. All the universities, all the colleges, you drive through UCLA, nobody's on campus right now. So everybody's using technology to learn. And, you know, on the one hand, when our Wi-Fi was down, it's like, I mean, literally my family looked at me like you're depriving us of air. You know, like it was a real shock. Like it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing. The quality of education that, that I feel that, you know, my children are able to get or the amount of people I'm able to reach, you know, that may be able to have conversations in Australia or Bristol. You know, I feel like my reach has, has grown. I think top three followers of my podcast, I think number three is Brazil. So I'm not quite sure why, uh, but uh, thank you. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so, but yes, definitely long-term. Do love the flexibility. I can teach online at university in the evening, can see patients after work. So I think it, it does encourage in a family a certain flexibility of roles. You know, my daughter's 11. She's learned how to step up and, and make some meals and she gets heralded for her baking of, of brownies and things like that. By no means is it a, a gender role that was projected on her, but she chose that. I, I think just learning how to be flexible 
flexible, learning how to contribute as a family unit is definitely something that, that I've relished and valued and becoming more interdependent. So, you know, today we, we happen to be walking. We saw another couple and we kind of like stood at 20 feet. Is this okay? And we were like, you know, we can walk in the street at six feet apart from each other and still be social. So I think renegotiating like that we all need social interaction. We need connection. You know, we still need to feel like we were talking about earlier, alive, connected, a part of things. And while we're managing safety. So the fact that we continually have to have this debate is, is I think, a positive thing. So if, if the consequence of that is a little bit less work, you know, there, there's going to be a little bit of pain in one area just based on where the world is. I think I'm okay with that if it, it helps clarify what we're really needing, what we really want uh, for our families and for ourselves, how to create balance and independence. It may mean that my 11-year-old son needs to learn how to make a, you know, a nut butter sandwich for himself at lunch so mommy can go to work. And that's, that's okay. I think that's, you know, part of, I know the generations are different, right? Like now we have this expectation that we should have to provide all these things for our kids, but uh, we didn't have it growing up. After school, we were on our bikes growing up kind of in a suburb, right? We were kind of exploring every day and having to figure out, right? If we need some money, you take a job or get a penny saver route. But so I think that in a way, this is good. We want to keep them safe, but we also have to let go and let them take some responsibility in areas where they can. There's no doubt about it. And here I am, I'm getting ready to, to cut another cord tomorrow by sending my daughter to kindergarten. So <laughs> my wife has kind of been bringing these things up to me over the past few weeks. And, you know, for whatever the reason, you know, I sort of have had other things on my mind or let's focus on the right now. Let's worry about two weeks from now in two weeks. Well, we're here. And all of a sudden it's gotten a little bit more real for me, but you're right. And that's part of growing up, regardless what the stage, you know, for us tomorrow, it's cutting the cord and allowing her to go to school for a couple of days. Where you are, it's allowing the kids to sort of, you know, make lunch or go play after school on their own. Good stages to see your kids going through. And, and from my job, right, parents, like that's too much stress to always be in this place of having to be mama or papa bear and protecting from everything being safe outside. So I think it's really good for parents. I know it's hard as they let go and watch the kids walk in, but it's also probably going to give your wife a sigh of relief. And she's still got another one to chase at home, I know. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. He's, he's climbing on everything and we are in full-on man-to-man defense all the time. So, How was that interview with your daughter go? How did her, her pre-kindergarten debrief go? Yeah, you know, we've kind of been, someone advised me to do this, no, I don't know, two years ago. They said, you know, you should interview your kids, you know, at, at different, at, you know, not all the time, but at different parts of where they are, because one day you'll want to go back and then look at those and you'll and you'll really get a kick out of them. And, and in fact, we did start doing that around two years ago. And we have looked back at that one and gotten such a kick out of it, you know, seeing the perspective of a, at that time, three-year-old girl, you know, what are, how is she answering these questions? And you get, you know, like the great kids say the darndest thing TV show, you know, you get some great answers. And so, yeah, we, today we did that. Hey, what, what do you expect school to be like? And we got some, you know, some things, well, it's going to be, I, I look forward to being on the playground, but also learning. And so she's got a really good perspective. I've said to my wife, I said, is, I said, well, we can, we can pat ourselves on the back about this. We have brought her to the point where she really is ready to go to kindergarten. And that's an accomplishment. So, you know, we're excited for her. We're a little bit uh, apprehensive for us. But again, she's ready to go and it's time. It's going to be more of an adjustment, Rich, for us than it is for her. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run. But I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. 
I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. I'm sure there's a nice drawing or baked good coming home for you in the near future. I'm sure. I hope. Yeah, really. What are they doing there if they're not doing that, right? <laughs> I want a meeting right at this kindergarten now. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. You know, but even that, like, you know, she normally would be going to a class like kids. She's going with eight kids tomorrow, and she's going two days a week instead of five. And she'll be doing the distance learning thing like we're doing right now, you know, and, and how attentive are kids going to be? How attentive is a five-and-a-half-year-old kid going to be for a learning session over a Zoom call. They've got to wear masks at school. I have moments where my daughter says, hey, daddy, you know, when's coronavirus going to be over? And you know, that that really stinks, you know? And I know that I know everyone's dealing with it. I'm not saying woe is me. I'm saying woe is us collectively. That's right. It's a shame. It's a shame my that we're going My son said to it. us Friday night, we take walks Friday night. He doesn't open up much about anything besides the Mets losing streak and Fortnite. But he did say, do you remember the good old days? Yeah. And that that really took us aback. We sat there, we just were like, kept them talking, but we were like, whoa. You know, yeah, that they're reflecting back at life pre this era in whatever age that they're at, and, and they, they they miss it and they crave it. And so we really took time just to listen or have that conversation. He missed having just, it, was, it wasn't even really his friends, it was brother's friends that came over on New Year's Eve, and some of them used to read him stories or talk to him. But just the ability of having a bunch of people around or some kind of social event or New Year's Eve, you know, something that marks occasion. So we're hoping to get back to that as much as possible. And I can tell small little things, you know, when they're in their Zoom breakout rooms, and one of the other boys who play baseball with that he switched into his breakout room just because he wanted to check on him so we you know we make a big deal out of these things that seem like you know crazy things before and we certainly understand if he needs to uh you know i think he's gotten called out for uh looking at the youtube uh video during class and the teacher caught him we just you know kind of laugh because we would be throwing spitballs or something in, in class you know it's like impossible to keep attention I i'm sure you know for any of us let alone for for that age so we try and be really forgetful giving and it increases our capacity parents you know and i think they'll know that that we were creative that you know you, you listen to them that you care that we're sensitive so i think it, it it's a good test a new test and it certainly helps us appreciate you know small little things like going to get an ice cream cone or when we do get to go back to watching a live baseball or basketball or little league game i know you're i know you're going to be a coach in the future i hear uh, <laughs> or is that soccer 
<laughs> no, no, we, we finished up. We had our five weeks of little league ball over the summer. Every day was every, it was every Saturday and every Saturday was hotter than the last, but that was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, these are all the joys that you have with being a dad. And I'm so happy that I'm able to experience them. Uh, keeping it on your professional career uh, while we have you, uh, how, how do you prefer? Do you prefer the live play-by-play coverage to, you know, being in the studio? Uh, what do you enjoy most? It's, they're two very different roles. And I don't know if anyone who's not in the industry thinks of it that way, but you know, when you're doing a game, you're doing a lot of preparation. You're doing a lot of reading. You're trying to wrap your arms around your what you're going to be calling as much as you can before the game. And then once the game starts, it's all unscripted, right? I mean, we can't script out a game. So you never know what's going to happen. Whereas when you do a show like SportsCenter, you are scripting the whole thing and all the work that you're putting into it, or you're scripting a lot of it. Uh, but the work that you're putting into it is writing the show ahead of time. So there are two very, very different dynamics. Both require a lot of prep. The reality is, Rich, the majority of my career has been spent doing studio shows, which is to say anchoring the news or sports center or being the halftime show of a game. The rush of being at a game and calling a live game, there's nothing like it. The challenge of trying to speak extemporaneously for two, three hours is huge. It can be exhausting. I like both. I I also like the ability to, when a game, a, a day of work is over, I like being able to go home. And when you call game in non-pandemic times, you're traveling a lot. So that's a, re- that's a reality, and it's kind of a reason why I never went down that fully. But to answer your original question, both are a lot of fun to do. And nowadays, a lot of commentators are doing games remotely, correct? It's a great, great point. Right. I mean, I called a Chicago White Sox, Detroit Tigers from the studios here in Bristol, Connecticut, and my analyst, Rick Sutcliffe, is in San Diego. So wow. think about that. I'm in Bristol, Connecticut. He's in San Diego. The game's being played in Chicago. And by the way, here's a little secret for the industry. I mean, if we're proving that we can do these things now this way, I'm not saying exclusively, but if you're going to be able to cut down on travel and production costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you can bet that that's going to be one of the changes that happens. I've called, like I said, I called this game. I've called other games from a studio where you haven't been on site. It's not the same. You don't get the same perspective. The viewer at home doesn't get the same description, but it's probably here to stay, at least for the short term. That's a really good point. I think the world has learned how to cut down a little more on travel and be able to a little bit more staying close to matters. Uh, Kev, for those who are involved in a sports career right now and have to deal with you know fewer or lesser games going on uh what's your advice to them on being able to continue well you know look i think the advice is continue doing uh you're talking about for people who want to be on on my side of things maybe in the sports media sure let's take that angle you know i think the advice would be keep doing what you were doing before this whole thing started because it's not going to be forever and there's always going to be a need for reporters to be covering games studio hosts or play-by-play play people or anchors, whatever the case may be. Use this time to get creative, to figure out ways that you can do your job in a more efficient way and, you know, whatever that is. For me, it was the opportunity to call a baseball game from here. You know, I'd like to think that I got that opportunity because I'm the greatest broadcaster to ever put on a headset, but it probably was more 
hey, we need someone to do this. Who can we get? Connors lives close by. Let's give him the shot. And I'd like to think that hopefully I did well and more of those opportunities come along. But that's that's sometimes how things can happen in life. So continue to prepare for opportunities the way that you would have prior to this. Continue to put the same amount of time and effort into things because it's the great Joe DiMaggio line, right? You know, you never, so someone may be watching you for the first or last time and you owe them your best. So, you know, don't, don't slack. Continue to do that and just trust that one day we'll be able to get back to what normal was whatever normal is going to look like moving forward. I got to watch the Roger Maris, the 30 for 30 on Sosa and McGuire when we both just came out of college that that magical summer and they did a, a lot of coverage on the Maris family. I know as a Yankee fan, you know, that must be special for you, but you know, it just was, it was so amazing to see the way in which, you know, even though it's a tainted record, I know McGuire was really, really in touch with the Maris family and the legacy of some of these historical Yankees. But focusing back on you, how, how I know I've seen you out 5Ks, bike riding? How have you stayed active in the quarantine? What are you doing to take care of yourself? So we have always exercised, you know, run or played golf or gone to gym. And then of course, this this whole thing comes along and it's like, all right, what do we do now? And like we talked about earlier, I was home a lot with nothing to do. So you chased was, away a bear, didn't you? By hit under my bed, you chased away. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And we're welcoming up here in suburban Connecticut. But so yeah, we, you know, my wife has, has always been into running and I kind of picked it up too. And we downloaded this, you know, an app and it kind of holds you accountable. And so we really got into that. I ran this morning and it's been therapeutic. You know, I, I don't speak to someone professionally, probably I should, but that has sort of been therapy for me. It's been a chance to get out of the house, step away from any responsibilities that I have, try to get them all out of my mind, put these things in, listen to a little music or the guy who's in charge of the app who sort of coaches you through a run, enjoy nature, enjoy the challenge of trying to do something physically that, you know, that requires effort. It's been really therapeutic. So, you know, I would encourage anyone, if you can run, give it a try. If you can walk, give that a try. If you can bike, whatever it is, because it's been a great opportunity to just kind of get away from it all. We need that. Our nervous systems do need a break from the stressors and exercises that, you know, endorphins are the greatest natural antidepressants, right? So whatever we can do, I'm thankful for those of you out there. Yoga with Adrian, free yoga on YouTube, over 5 million subscribers she's gotten. And they're like, some of them are, you know, 17 minutes. So right around before your kids will start calling your name. Enough that you could ignore them once or twice, you know, you know, <laughs> make sure they're safe, of course. Kev, before we let you go to work, most importantly, and I think this is really important for today's workplace, you've been quoted, your likability is off the charts. What advice do you have for people who are trying to get into the workplace? You know, they want to get ahead, but they obviously want to keep their networking skills where they, you know, they address the issues of the day, but they still maintain positive relationships. What approach do you think you've had for that or what skills would you recommend they develop? I think self-awareness is a really good thing. Uh, I think the golden rule is you can never go never go wrong. You know what? I, I, I live my life and I know I'm not perfect, but I try to be perfect every day in terms of treating people the way that I'd want to be. And that means personal interactions with them, it, the way you are, the way you are when you see someone uh, at your place of work, the way you interact with others, regardless of what your position is. It feels rich like it hasn't been that long ago that I was a guy who was first starting out. So now that I've been in the industry for a little while, and now that I have whatever title I have, big or small, you know, I, I feel like I've got a responsibility to treat people who, you know, maybe on the organizational chart, possibly a little bit lower than I am. Treat them the same way that I wish that I was treated when I was in that. I think continuing to work hard and do your job as best you can, continuing to, you know, 
maintain relationships with your superiors and understanding what it is that they want and going about your job. So if you can kind of check out off some of those boxes, at least you're probably putting yourself in a pretty good spot professionally. Excellent. And did you know that you were high up on the likability chart? Are you checking those daily after your run or? You know what? It's the reason we have these conversations, right? <laughs> I said, man, I, I need a, I need an ego boost. I'm talking to Dr. Rich. Hey, well, it does help. It does. It means a lot that you've been always flexible with your time and open and committed no matter what you have going on. And, and I, I do think it goes a long way. And, you know, it speaks to, you know, why you're, you're so deserving of success and everything we hope continues to come your way. You know, certainly we know that, you know, I'm getting approached by people who are interns or looking for supervisors all the time. And I keep that little birdie on my shoulder. If I can't do it, if I'm overwhelmed, certainly, you know, let people know that where I'm at, you know, that I may not be available at that time. But if I can do it, I keep that reminder of how meaningful it is a position. And I also know the impact that if I'd say yes, aren't, I'm not going to be fully available, that that can really impact someone well. So like you said, learning self-awareness, learning your own limitations. But if you can, sometimes it's the smallest thing, right? The little bit of time you give somebody. I have college class and due to COVID right now, I have one student in the class. And I was like, you know, I could tell them this is a waste of time. And instead, it's been this great opportunity. I mean, the student is really pouring the discussions we're having on issues. And actually, it's been an amazing class because it does bring up issues about you know, race, sports, contemporary society. So it's been a real gift just to the opportunity to reflect on somebody and their work and the amount of thought that's coming into it. These are, these are not small opportunities when we get to, to mentor or give back to others in our field. There's no doubt. And you can't help everybody, but you can treat everybody decently. And when you do have the opportunity to help someone, I can think of a couple people here on ESPN who I've had the opportunity to help. And it's so gratifying, you know, and again, it's, it can be something big, like helping someone get a job, or it can be something small, like responding to an email. And even that's not always the easiest thing to do, depending on all the different things you've got going on in life. But I try all the time. I try to maintain that perspective of, you know what? You were the 22-year-old kid who was looking for someone to give you a shot at some point, looking to give you a conversation, some guidance. Try to help that person out as much as you can. And, and I think that applies to anyone in any walk of life. Hopefully that's something we can take out of this whole situation is that as much as this has been a tough run of things, you know what? Maybe it gives us a greater appreciation for our fellow human being. Boy, that would be a nice, uh, that'd be a nice break from where we are or from where a lot of people are right now. Absolutely. The greatest gift, slowing down, appreciating even the quirky neighbor. Well, Kev, I know you got to get to work, but you know, I mean, post COVID, is there, is there an ESPN three on three staff tournament or when do you get to play basketball again? Man, you know, those, those days are over, but I will <laughs> tell you, I, you know what, I formally held the news conference to announce my retirement, but I, I haven't played in a long time. But we <laughs> Don't do, have do some it. There's a three on three tournament waiting for us someday, Kev. Don't hang it up yet. <laughs> The knees are hurting a little bit more than they used to, but you're right. I guess I'm holding on to that dream. Candle out for that. You know, even big kids got a dream. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right, Kev. Well, on behalf of all our listeners, thank you so much for making time, for being out there. We're rooting for us. And just know every night we see on the screen, you're giving a little bit of joy to our household. So we appreciate you. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram. Richard listens. Hey, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out.
I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.